This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week I'm joined by fans of both Rangers and Celtic to discuss the Old Firm Derby ahead of the first meeting between the two sides this Sunday. We'll be looking at their Derby memories, both good and bad, as they tell us what the Derby means to them. Before we get started, here's your weekly dose of trivia. True or false, the Old Firm Derby is the oldest Derby match to be played between all the clubs in Glasgow. We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Since 1888, Rangers and Celtic have played each other regularly to battle it out for the bragging rights in Glasgow, and sometimes beyond. The very first match between the two clubs happened on the 28th of May 1888 on Glasgow Green, and this match was Celtic's very first game. Rangers went through the city to play a friendly against the new club on the block, and Celtic won the match 5-2. Afterwards, the players of both sides enjoyed a dinner with each other, and contemporary reports wrote that the players got on like two old, firm friends. This is one theory as to why the Derby was given the name Old Firm. Another comes from a 1904 cartoon in a sports newspaper which shows a man wearing a sandwich board that reads Patronise the Old Firm, Rangers, Celtic Limited. This shows just how big attendances at their games were and with big crowds came big money. This Alongside the general growth of popularity of football in the late 19th and early 20th century shows just how profitable football was becoming as a business. This was highlighted in the 1909 Scottish Cup final between the two old firm sides and when the initial fixture ended in a 2-2 draw, the match was replayed one week later. The replay also ended in a draw at 1-1. The crowds of Rangers and Celtic fans wanted the game to be settled on the day and demanded extra time to settle the game. But SFA rules at the time stated that extra time could only be played in the event of a second replay. At the time, rumours were also going around that clubs were taking advantage of these rules to bring more money in from extra games and when it became clear that no extra time would be played, the Rangers and Celtic fans joined forces and rioted. Policemen and firemen were injured in the chaos that ensued, with turf being ripped up and wooden pay boxes set alight. Both clubs requested that a second replay not go ahead and the SFA withheld the cup. If you visit the Scottish Football Museum and inspect the Scottish Cup, you will see 1909 Cup Withheld engraved on the trophy. While the cup was not played for during the two world wars, This was the only occasion during peacetime that the cup was not played to completion. While the rivalry was fairly friendly and sporting in its first few years, things took on a more sinister sectarian edge from the 1910s onwards due to various changes in Scottish society. Following the end of World War I, the old firm teams started to dominate Scottish football, and it wasn't until the 1950s and 60s that other teams were able to compete for honours on a more level playing field. 
While Celtic under Jock Steen achieved nine league titles in a row in the late 60s and early 70s, the emergence of the new firm of Jim McLean's Dundee United and Alec Ferguson's Aberdeen put Glasgow's dominance under serious doubt. But since David Holmes' takeover of Rangers in the mid-1980s, the two Glasgow clubs have largely dominated since then, with Rangers equaling Celtic's fame nine in a row in the late 90s and Celtic then taking advantage of Rangers' financial woes in the 2010s to equal their own nine in a row achievements. Now, with Steven Gerrard's Rangers side having stopped Celtic from winning ten titles in a row, Ange Postacoglu looks to have shaken Celtic from their slumber and is impressing the Celtic Park faithful. But with Rangers still being strong domestically despite a wobble at the start of the domestic season, it's anyone's guess who the favourites will be on Sunday. With the rivalry having taken many twists and turns since its inception, and with the city of Glasgow having changed so much even in just the past few decades alone, what does the Old Firm Derby mean to supporters of Rangers and Celtic? To get a Rangers perspective on things ahead of Sunday's clash, I spoke to John Smith. John is a tour guide at both the Scottish Football Museum at Hampden Park and at Ibrook Stadium, and has a wealth of Scottish footballing knowledge at his disposal. Uh, are you looking forward to this Sunday's game? I am very much so. Confident? Not necessarily. Um, after, I think we've had a very slow start this season. Um, but I, I'm reasonably confident. I think if we turn up, we'll do okay. You know. Let's start at the very beginning then. How long have you been a Rangers fan for and what's your first memory of supporting Rangers? Well, the, I became a Rangers fan mainly due to my uncle. He was my father wasn't interested in football at all. My uncle was. He saw a few Rangers games in the 30s, and it was his sort of enthusiasm that got me involved. Um, and he said you can only support one team, you know, the usual uncle thing. And and that's how I got uh, involved basically. Uh, my first game I ever went to, I can sadly I can tell you the date was the 10th of December 1960, Hibs Rangers at Easter Road. And my dad got me tickets, although he wasn't a football man, he got me tickets and I went to that game and I had the bug ever since then. I was taken away, because I was only nine, I was taken away by the crowd, the scarves, the noise, and, and that was me hooked, to be honest, you know. Now, you mentioned about your first game there being at Easter Road. Um, yeah. When you first went along to Ibrooks, what are your memories of how Ibrooks was back then and how does well, it compare to the modern stadium? Um, the first time I saw Ibrooks would be about 61, not at a game. My first game was a couple of years later. My dad was working with a company in Glasgow and I went with him for the day and I insisted that he takes me past Ibrooks. And being a young kid, really, I was just gobsmacked with the size. The, the, the main stand still enthralls me today, even after the first day I, I saw it. It's just the size of the place just blew me away, to be honest, you know? Yeah. Uh, so would you prefer, for example, if you had a time machine and you could go back to Ibrooks as it was then in the 60s, would you prefer the atmosphere at a game then or a, an atmosphere at the modern Ibrooks? I would say the modern Ibrox because there is because it's so all enclosed now. It's very open until uh, uh, they did the renovations, you know, with the various stands. And there is no doubt with 
with 51,000 uh, inside, difficult to replicate that in the big open. Not saying there was an atmosphere in the, when it was 80,000, but it was just a different sort of atmosphere, you know. Now, you've mentioned about going to Rangers games elsewhere other than Ibrooks. How would you say that a Derby game at home at Ibrooks compares to one away at Celtic Park or a neutral venue such as Hamden? They're all different. Um, the games at Ibrooks are always special because they're your home games and you've obviously got the majority of the fans and of your team playing well, except that the atmosphere is just unbelievable. I've been the good and bad sides at Celtic Park. I've been there when we've won, and that's different, a, a nice different, but it's completely different because you're outnumbered and you've won a game. And, you know, I've seen some really good results, but some horrendous results as well. So it's not always fun, I can tell you. I think, um, you know, I think it was about 79 when we were winning 2 1 with about 10 minutes to go to win the league, basically, and Celtic beat us 4-2, despite having a man sent off. That was hard to take. But, listen, that's football, you know. But Hamden's a bit different. Um, because it's always nearly split support, um, you know, you're in one half and they're in the other. Uh, Hamden's still is good. You always remember the wins. You know, you remember 66, you remember 2002, all, all the ones you win. You try to forget the ones that you lost. And there were a few, believe me, you know. And on the subject of Hamden, do you prefer um, a Hamden semi-final or a Hamden final? Only if you win it. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, that's fair. Listen, listen, doesn't matter what final or semi, you win the, these games... It doesn't really matter. It's when you lose them. And again, in recent years, we've had one or two. We've had one or two good ones. And, you know, in 2016, when we won in penalties, and then a couple of years later, getting beat 4 nothing. Hard, hard to take. But that's football. You know, uh, you always remember the good bits. You try and forget the bad bits, like most football fans, to be fair. Absolutely. Um, I think that whenever you win, you always remember it more in the the kind of eagerness you have to forget oh. everything when you lose um, no matter who you support I think you can always um, you can always agree with that now what are your first memories of the Derby? I I was only 13, 14 when I went to my first I can't remember a lot about it because uh, I, um, I, I, I was at Parkhead and I think mid-60s I think we drew um, and we won and we lost a couple of times. Ibrox, I can't remember the scores, Andy, I'll be telling you a lie. I just can't remember. I remember that Jim Forrest scored a winner in one of the games, but other events around it, I can't remember. I remember 67 vividly because uh, Celtic were going for the European Cup and we were going for the Cup Winners' Cup and uh, we had to beat them to win or potentially win the league and it was a 2-2 draw, fantastic game and it was in pouring rain you know, I just remember. And I always went to my same bit of Ibrox under the uh, shed opposite the main stand and I stood at a certain bit and I probably stood at that bit till it was refurbished. That was just where I liked to stand, you know. And compared to, to where you sit now, um, whereabouts is it you sit now in the ground? Club deck. Sit in the club deck. Oh. And I've had the same seat for oh, 30 years. 
you know. To be fair, it's probably night and day when you think about the old uh, cow sheds of Terrace and you know, oh, obviously, yeah. obviously that became the centenary stand around That's the centuries or so. Yeah, when after Ibrox that Willie Waddle then decided to do something positive about changing the ground to a great effect, I would have to say. Um, I think it's a good... We'll have the unique truth stand, which is unique in football, but, you know, the rest of it complements it. You know, um, I don't know, obviously, you are an away fan, how you find that, but um, it, it is quite a nice feel about the ground. Although, at the moment, it's no big enough. But I think that's a, another discussion for another time, you know. Sure. I was going to ask what derby matches in particular stuck out for you. You've mentioned some from the 60s there. Are there any more recent ones that stick out for you for um, good or bad reasons? Um, the one that always sticks out, because uh, I cracked my ribs, was the 66 Cup final when Kai Johansson scored the winning goal. Um, the surge of the crowd went forward and I got caught against the barrier and they broke two ribs. But I know, was, but that was not unusual in these. Um, and I remember um, I was strapped up for about three weeks because they didn't do very much else where you had cracked ribs. But because you won, because Rangers won the game, you sort of thought, oh, that's all right there, which was stupid. But uh, that's why. Um, recent ones, probably 2002, uh, Lovenkrantz uh, winning goal in the last 30 minute, the header. Um, as I said, they've been good and bad. You know, um, my memory of the good ones are much better than the other ones, to be fair. Are there any memorable big game players that you loved having in your team when it came to Derby Day? My favourite player of all time is Jimmy Miller. Um, I just love Jimmy Miller. Um, and I suppose fans tend to like goal scorers, but Jimmy had it all. He was probably the hardest centre-forward Rangers ever had. Uh, Billy McNe McNeil said about him that he was the hardest player he ever played against in any game. Um, he was only about 5'9", strongly built, um, and he just loved the challenge. Uh, I just uh, loved I was fortunate enough to meet him uh, on many, many occasions, and uh, I still love him now than I did when I saw him playing. Um, then, obviously, it follows on. You have Colin Steen, big fan. Um, Brian Loudrop, obviously, uh, Gaza. You know, we've been very, very fortunate, you know, to have lots of good players, but also guys like Alan McDonald, who I loved as well. He'd be right up there in my top five without any hesitation. Uh, he just uh, typifies what I want from a Rangers player. You know, gives you 100%. Has ability as well. People forget how many goals, important goals Alan McDonald scored for Rangers but gave everything for every game, especially in old firm games. You know, um, I would hate to have played against them. I would hate to have played against them. Now, just coming on from what you said about Jimmy Miller there, um, if you could have put prime Jimmy Miller into the current Rangers squad, um, do you think that would work? Do you think that... Um... Yeah, yeah. He's, I think it's a bit of a myth. OK, I think there's no doubt players are fitter now than they've ever been. They're more like athletes than they are footballers. But the, when you've got ability like these guys had, you would adapt. Absolutely no doubt that Jimmy Miller started off as a left half at Dunfermline, came to Rangers and they transformed him into a striker. You know, I think if, if you've got the ability, you'll be able to adapt and play in any situation. Um, 
What was the last derby game you attended? Uh, would be the last game I had. Ryan Jack scored the winning goal. Slight def- deflection that we got 18 months ago, a bit longer. The time's a bit funny because we lost last year completely, um, you know, in a footballing sense. Um, but it was it was 2019, obviously. Um, uh, but you you enjoy the wins. I mean, we, we had a horrendous run when uh, under Rogers we, we lost about 13 old firm games in the trotter didn't win. Um, but then how things turn round? We've now I think six or seven in the trot they've not beat us. So enjoy the good times because the bad times are always round the corner. Unfortunately, you know. Now, just lastly, even though the old firm is usually played at least four times a season in normal circumstances, do you think that this takes away from the occasion or do you think that it doesn't matter how many times you play your rivals, it's just a special game? It is a special game. Um, uh, I, I, I enjoy... When I was going, it was only twice a season. And, and rarely did you ever seem to play them in cups you know, or the League Cup or the Scottish Cup, they always seem to be not saying they were deliberately drawn apart, but we never tended to play them that much. Four times a season then, if you play them in the Scottish Cup and the League Cup, that's up to six. It's a lot of games, but you still enjoy them. You still, I still get the same buzz uh, in the morning. Um, on Sunday morning, I'll be up early. Um, I'll have my breakfast and I'll, be, I'll not go to the game too early because I don't really like arriving too early but you know I still have that same buzz that I have for the first game I think um, I'm slightly disappointed that's not going to be any Celtic fans there uh, this Sunday um, I can understand the club's decision uh, not to allow Celtic fans in because it has to be reciprocal if we're going to allow 750 in we should have 750 when we play at Parkhead um, that's made a decision that it's not to happen so it's going to be a full uh, Rangers. I think opposition fans have to be there. They have to be there. It's, it's just part of it, isn't it? Thanks to John for speaking with us. Having looked at things from a Rangers perspective, we now look to a Celtic view ahead of Sunday. I spoke to Lindsay Hamilton of the Scottish Football Museum, who you may be familiar with as one of the regular contributors to this podcast. Lindsay also runs the Glasgow Football Tour, which offers an excellent insight into the footballing history of the city. Are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? I'm very much looking forward to the game on Sunday. I think if you'd asked me that during the mid-season break, I'd have been like, absolutely not. But uh, Big Ange Postacoglu has came in and we're playing some great football, so I'm really excited. Um, my, my thinking is, if this team can keep their cool at Ibrooks. It's the hardest place to go for a Celtic player. It's it's just the big one that you need to win. And uh, if they can go there and um, keep the heat and play well, then there's nothing stopping this this side. The, the football's great, so it's just about the psychological, um, how to climb it at um, your, your biggest rivals. Home tough. Um, so I, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. How long have you been a Celtic fan for and what's your first memory of supporting them? Um, I I don't remember my first game, which really uh, kind of upsets me. But I don't I don't have a, a memory of any specifics. Um, I, I it's really just uh, the old paper tickets 
just kind of walking up to the ground with my auntie, my uncle, my brother, my cousin. It was a full trip. It was like a minibus of people. Um, like we would all just squeeze in at the back of this car and uh, rip the. I would get my dad's ticket. Um, he's a he's a bus driver, so I would often get his ticket if he was working. Ripping the old ticket out of the the, the proper big season book rectangular thing, um, and uh, going in. Not at the so he sat in the Lisbon line stand. I would go and sit in the north stand lower, uh, sitting on Manny's knee. If there wasn't a seat next to us, which then there wasn't, uh, you could probably walk into most grounds now and there's spares round about the place. But um, then it was like you need to sit in my knee, and that was that. And I was tiny, so it's it was fine. But um, uh, it was just great. What are your memories of how Celtic Park looked like back then? Because I'm going to assume that back then um, it was all fairly new with um, Fergus McCann's renovations having been done around then. I, I mean, that was a little bit uh, before me probably getting involved, like going to the games. Um, but uh, it's changed massively. So if you go to Celtic Park now, it's, it's lush, man. It's luxurious. You've got the big Celtic way um, on the way up to the ground, the these big pillars, these big lights and all the sort of storyboards around the stadium. Um, you know, talking about sort of 1957, uh, the, the Celtic Seven Rangers won the Coronation Cup game. Uh, 19, uh, what year would that have been? My memories escaped me there. 53 um, was the Coronation 50, Cup. Uh, 53, yeah, 1953. Um, you've got... Larson's up there to uh, all the club legends that are on there as well, um, and it's just brilliant. It's it's looking it's looking broad to be honest with you. It's it's a really nice space. I love having the statues as well. I know they've been in addition for a while now, but um, Brother Walfred, Jockstein, and Jimmy Johnson at the very front of the main stand. Um, as you're walking in, as any visitor walks in, you can't miss them, and I think it's great having them there. And then for me, my favourite one is Billy McNeil. Right at the the the, the sort of entrance of you, you coming up the Celtic Way, uh, holding the European Cup aloft, and it's always decorated, which is nice. You always see scarfs and all that tied in big belly, and it's just it's just a nice touch. Um, he deserves it. How does a derby game at Celtic Park for you compared to one that's away at Ibrox or at a neutral venue such as Hamden? To be honest, I don't really think it matters so much. Your nerves are your nerves, and they're shattered no matter where the game is, but. I think maybe at home it's a little bit more nervous because you should you should be winning those games. You don't want your rivals coming in and having a party and you're tough, which has happened. It's happened more than once and it's happened for, for both of us, but um, it's never nice. It's never nice. Um, I think going to Ibrox is very, very special. I've not done it in a, a long time now, um, but it's um, it's definitely the one uh, that you want to, to be at. Um, it's obviously very difficult now as well. The ticket allocation and stuff has changed for the both of us. Um, but um, I, it's, it's, it's some occasion. Um, I wish they would return it back to the old, um, giving one another a full stand. It just, it really, it makes that game very, very special um, for folk that are watching it around the world. Um, it's uh, You can tell what it means to both sets of fans. But... Um, to be fair, I, I really enjoy a derby at Hamden as well. Um, we've had uh, some pretty decent success as well there in recent times, so it's kind of like a happy hunting ground for us when it, it really used to be. Um, Hamden used to be a bit of a hoodoo, I think, for us. But uh, no, I really, really enjoy uh, 
a, a, a game at the National Stadium, to be fair. But I don't really think it matters, honestly. The game could be in the moon and folk would still make it, probably. <laughs> Aye, it's, it's just nerves. You're just a bundle of nerves. And there's excitement there and there's uh, just... Sweaty one, sweaty one at all costs. Don't care how it happens. It's um, it's just pure tension, is what it is. Um, but it's great. It's great. Um, it never changes. You think it'll get easier every time. I think it gets worse. Um, as it goes on. But no, I don't. I don't really think a neutral venue makes makes a much a difference or home or away. Um, either way, it's just I want to win. Um, it's maybe just more at home. I think at home you're just a bit like, don't lose it. <laughs> so that meant that it's just like, right, just whatever, just don't lose it. No here. Don't want them partying at Celtic Park. But um, hey, sometimes it happens. What are your first memories of the derby? Um, probably around the sort of 2000, 2001 um, era. It's got to be the demolition derby is the big one. Probably because I've watched it as my memory's no great when it comes to things like this, but um, when uh, I've, I've probably watched that video, <laughs> now DVD, about a million times. Um, Larson's famous chip goal happened that day. It was Martin O'Neill's first game against Rangers as Celtic manager. And it, was just, it was a bit of a change in the guard. I think uh, Rangers had been uh, dominant domestically for first seasons, man. Um, obviously, we stopped the 10 um, happening. But this was probably the first time we looked like a proper, a proper good football side. I I think it was the most goals we'd scored against them since 1957, since the 7-1 League Cup victory. So it was, uh, it was as close to that as you're going to get, that famous sort of song that we sing. And um, I, it, it, was, it was funny though, I'm saying it was a bit of a change of the guard, but I think from memory, Rangers beat us 5-1 in the following game. But... Um, it didn't affect us. We went on to lift the league title and the treble uh, for Martin O'Neill's first season, so it was really special. And every time you think about that treble season, you you think about that game. It was just fantastic. Um, Sutton scored in 51 seconds or something. It was like the fastest goal uh, in, a, in a Celtic Rangers match. So, aye, it just, it just had everything. I had everything about it. Um, it was superb. And... Um, Aye, it was great. I think Noel Gallagher was in the crowd as well that day. I wasn't. I was at home, but um, I wasn't allowed to go to the, the big dirty derby games. I wasn't allowed. Um, but I no Gallagher was there. No, wasn't he? But fair play. <laughs> but it's always one. It's always one that gets rolled out. Um, I think it's those two teams. are kind of my earliest memory, like Kloss, Rickson, Moore, Amoruso, Contamin, De Boer. Contamin's always the one that comes up because he was the one that got pegged for Larson's chip over Kloss, Ferguson, Flo, Michael Moles. And then on the flip side, for me, my Celtic team, Douglas Baldy, Mialby, Valharan, Thompson, Lambert, Lennon, uh, Petrov, Agat, uh, Mosella, Sutton, Larson. So I, that's that's kind of the team that I remember in the games that I remember. That's probably my earliest as a Celtic fan um, around that 2000, 2001. Uh, the demolition derby for me. And uh, for some reason, that game in September, I think it was 2001, always stuck out. I think it's maybe just the class mistake. It just kind of triggers it. Um, but the two teams in that day, I mean, that's that's some some squad you've got there between the two of them. 
Are there any memorable big game players that you loved having in your team? I know you mentioned the classic kind of Celtic 2001 lineup, but over the years you've been watching overall, is there anyone who, when it came round to Derby Day, you desperately wanted to have in your team and you would really miss them if for some reason they were injured or suspended? Ah, uh, Scott Brown. Scott Brown, definitely. Um, he just winds up while maintaining complete control of his own emotions, which is not can be easy to do in those games. It's not easy as a supporter <laughs> to do that. Um, and he just does a brilliant job. But while also, by the way, playing good football, it's not as if he just comes in and he's like the hatchet man or something like that. Like Scott Brown's played some phenomenal football over the years and especially in the derby. Um, just keep my really cool head. Um, he was brilliant. Um, Kieran Tierney was always great to have in these games as well. Um, just really, just really bought into the occasion and and went for it. Um, but I, for me, really everybody in that lineup I mentioned were, were big game players for it. But I always thought Petrov was great. Always turned up. Paul Lambert was the same. Um, always enjoyed that fixture. Lubo. Um, even though he didn't get it, I always remember he scored his first goal um, against Rangers. And he just sort of looked about as if it was like, he was like, all right, good, good goal. <laughs> and everybody's going absolutely tonto. And he had, I don't think he'd quite understood the the magnitude or the significance of the fixture. Um, and he, I think after that, he eventually, you know, get, got really right stuck in and, and understood the big celebration round about it. Um, Dembele, obviously. Uh, but Callum McGregor's been great as well um, in these fixtures. And, Aye, Scott Brown. I think Scott Brown's got to be the one. Um, controversial, but Arthur Boric is probably another one. <laughs> um, he he really he really bought in it. Um, then they, uh, he was never one for um, just you know I'll just say the right things for the sake of saying the right things. He blatantly came out and was like, I don't like them. Don't want them to do well. End the story. Um, and was always really. Um, and it and again massively, massively went out to wind up the range of supporters and um, the the players and uh, just he got real battle fever around about it. Um, obviously for us, he's a bit of a, a cult figure, um, and Rangers fans love to hate him, so it just kind of works. It works that way. But yeah, I probably missed some folk out, but that would probably be the ones for me. Um, and the obvious one being Larson. But Larson, you just, I'd still take Larson in my team now. Don't care what age he is. He's, he'll still do something magnificent. He was just tremendous, tremendous to watch. I remember when he left, there was this, it just felt like an almighty depression turning up to Celtic Park. It was just a bit like, why am I here? <laughs> Larson's not here. Why am I here? He was that good. He was just amazing. Um, and he made everything look so easy. Um, but he, he also really, I feel like he bought it on Derby Day just because he wasn't this sort of rough and tumble. Um, sort of like hatchet, you know, kind of blood and thunder type guy. He was very, very calm and composed in the pitch, but I still think he really bought into it. Um, so uh, he would be he would be up there for me, Big Larson. What was the last Derby game that you attended? Uh, the last one was 29th December 2019. Obviously with COVID, we all get locked out of the place. Um, so uh, it was kind of like the New Year's Day kind of match um, just before then um, Rangers won it was 2-1 it was a terrible Celtic game actually to be fair but uh, I, we were sat, sat behind the goal 
And um, oh, it was just, it was a rotten game. Absolutely just, for, I mean, from our point of view anyway. Um, Trying to think who would they scored the goals then. I think um, Morelos got sent off. I remember that. Um, I think that was when Kent uh, did the sort of mock gun to the head celebration, which uh, is the reason, obviously, I was like, ones that we all love to hate, Ryan Kent. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't take anything serious with that, but it's just one of those ones. He, he had a particularly good game and did the celebration in that. Um, I I think it took the gap to like two points and Rangers had a game in hand and it was just rotten. It was just walking away, just feeling mince about the whole thing. It wasn't our finest day um, at all, um, to to say the least. I think Edward scored, well, he was given, I think he was given the goal. Pretty sure Calmack hit it for the edge of the box. It came off Edward and took this, this big meaty deflection and went in. And I Kent and Katic now actually. I remember Katic scored the goal. And um I just terrible memories of Stephen Gerrard and the Rangers players celebrating with the fans having a proper, proper it wasn't just a well done, thanks for turning up, round the applause for the fans and that it was a proper they were delighted with themselves. Um Aye, bitter. It wasn't nice. <laughs> Never nice at home. This is what I was saying earlier. Sometimes the home games, when you lose, are just the worst. You want you just want to be far away from the ground, up the road, straight away, and uh, bury your head. It's uh, awful. And uh, one last question. Even though normally the Old Firm Derby's played four times a season, uh, do you think that takes away from the occasion, the fact that it's played so much compared to some other derbies that because of you know, teams being leagues apart or whatever, they don't get to meet each other very often. Do you think that um, that makes a difference at all? No, I, f- I think it's um, it's just an opportunity to go again and go again. <laughs> the, the more the merrier. <laughs> um, I don't think it takes away from it at all. Um, it's always as well great when you get cup competition uh, up against Rangers, just waiting for that draw, the number to come out of the hat. Um, it's... Um, it's a proper, proper good, good um, draw to get, good tie to get, and you get, you do get proper battle fever going about it. So, no, nah, I, I must say, I really enjoy it. Thanks to Lindsay for speaking to us. No matter what happens in the park on Sunday, you can rest assured that the Old Firm Derby will be a match that will provide us with many a twist and turn in the years to come. At the start of the podcast. We asked you if it was true or false that the Old Firm Derby is the oldest derby match to be played between all the clubs in Glasgow. The answer is false. The oldest derby in the city of Glasgow is Queen's Park against Rangers, with the Spiders having been founded in 1867 and the Light Blues in 1872. Other Glasgow clubs such as Third Lanark were also founded in 1872 while Partick Thistle were formed in 1876 and Clyde in 1877. Several other clubs sprung up in Glasgow in the 1870s and 1880s, with many only existing for a few brief years before disbanding. Glasgow has always been a hotbed of footballing activity since the early years of the sport and will continue to be for many years. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. 
Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk We'd also like to let you know about Jim Orr's latest play in his Bend It Lake series, which is being performed at Webster's Theatre in Glasgow. Bend It Lake Bertie focuses on Lisbon Lion Bertie Auld through the eyes of two Celtic fans, Denise and Danny. While the first three evening performances have sold out, at the time of recording, there are still tickets available for the matinee performance of the show on Saturday the 4th of September. Tickets cost £15 and £1 from each ticket sold goes directly to Football Memories Scotland. For tickets and more information, go to webstersglasgow.com and click on What's On or search for Bend It Like Bertie. The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer's Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from The Scotsman, The Glasgow Herald, The Guardian, The Old Firm, Sectarianism, Sport and Society in Scotland by William J. Murray and the Scottish Football Museum Archive. Thanks to John Smith and Lindsay Hamilton for contributing to the podcast.